Welcome to Top Landing Gear and to our series of interviews from the 2021 Bournemouth Air Festival. There are those whose sole reason for attending an air show is to watch and hear the old piston engine fighters and bombers from World War II, and indeed few could argue with their reasoning. But for others, and I suspect the majority of air show goers, one of the greatest thrills is seeing the typhoon being put through its paces, accompanied by that crackling roar of its twin jets rasping through the air. Now, rear to side, there's not a lot of heavy metal at British air shows these days, so long may the typhoon continue to thrill us. We caught up with 2021 display pilot, Flight Lieutenant James Sainty, whose spectacular exhibition of speed, power and agility creates a sensory overload. One of the highlights at Bournemouth Air Festival and many air shows is the rip-roaring typhoon display. Delighted to be joined by Flight Lieutenant James Sainty. Just known as Sainty, actually, aren't you, James? Yeah, just Sainty will do, yeah. Sainty will do. And Sainty, it is the most thrilling display to watch. And I guess it's probably quite a lot of fun to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's extremely, uh, extremely uh, uh, exciting to be able to fly the Typhoon at Bournemouth. Um, the venue is absolutely exceptional, looking down on the crowds, uh, all the faces looking up and all the cameras flashing. It's just surreal. In terms of your normal operational job would be flying frontline typhoon correct so uh, the typhoon display team uh, is part of 29 squadron which is our operational conversion unit at rf collingsby so we teach uh, junior pilots coming from the new hawk t2 at rf valley uh, on the typhoon how to fly it uh, it takes about six months to get them through the course and then they go to the front line where they develop their skills further the main role also obviously of the typhoon is uh, air policing so 24 hours a day 365 days a year there is always typhoons on standby at lossy mouth and Coningsby to uh, protect the UK skies and obviously our interests and all overseas as well in the Falklands and also operational uh, in Shader in uh, Iraq and Syria. Indeed. Now you look about 15. Yep, thanks very much. It's definitely, <laughs> it's the chin that gives it away. The dimple chin, yeah. <laughs> How have you managed to get onto the display team as the display pilot? So uh, I first wanted to be a pilot when I saw um, the Red Arrows and the Harrier displaying at uh, Sunderland in 2000, and, sorry, it would be 1999 when I was nine yeah. years old. And uh, from there, that sort of cemented my ambition to join the Air Force. So ever since I joined, I've always wanted to fly a fast jet. I wanted to fly the Harrier, but unfortunately I went out of service in 2010. Yeah. So that I got... Uh, uh, thankfully streamed Typhoon after all uh, the training that I'd got put through <laughs> uh, from there once I was on the Typhoon I did four years at Six Squadron at RF Lossiemouth and I kind of just started to get a, a taste of the display arena kind of at Lossiemouth on a land away to the static air show um, Haradik Kralov in Czech Republic uh, and from there I was like this, this is quite a cool gig so uh, <laughs> when I joined 29 Squadron because that's the only place you can actually apply to be the Typhoon display pilot uh, I worked hard for about a year or maybe just under two years uh, applied for the, uh, the job and uh, I was very fortunate to be selected so. It's part of the selection to, to show your, what sort of display you do is, is, is that part of the selection process to get uh, yourself in uh, to, so the full selection process so the uh, the boss will ask for anyone who's interested you send them uh, a piece of paper about an A4 side why you want to do it a bit about yourself and, and your motivations from there you'll get shortlisted to four people uh, and then you'll do a flying test in the simulator which is uh, for mine was uh, flying part of Ryan Lawton's one of the Ryan Lawton's display in yeah. 2017 
Uh, and then from there, I had uh, Jim P assessing it as well as Ryan. Uh, I think Shongi might have uh, made an appearance as well during that, but unaware. Uh, and then uh, after that, you go into an interview. Uh, it's normally got OC operations there. You've got the station commander, uh, OC 29 squadron. I think Shlongi was in my interview as well. And the squadron warrant officer, the terrifying man himself, <laughs> uh, questioning about uh, discipline and how, I would, oh, really? uh, how to keep the engineers in check once we're on the uh, display circuit. So, uh, And then from there, you find out... Um, couple of weeks later if, if you were successful I was actually just landed in the Falklands for a Christmas stint and the boss called me while I was in my uh, bedroom isolating for two <laughs> weeks and said I'd got it right at the start of my isolation so certainly made it go quickly Congratulations. So, yeah. did, did you go and take your typhoon for a spin over Port Stanley and give it <laughs> so when I was down there <laughs> and try your display routine yeah well I, down there I had a lot of free time to obviously develop the display so we have a kind of list of maneuvers that we're clear to do and it's our responsibility as the pilot to put together a sequence we'll mm. show it to previous display pilots to make sure there's nothing unsafe in there and then the station commander will approve it and then we can practice it but um, while I was down there I was only allowed to practice at 5,000 feet just for a safety buffer mm. so I fr- tried a few maneuvers see what it was like sort of experienced the g-force and uh, yeah it all developed from there and when i got back lots and lots of simulator time to uh, yeah. kind of cement it in my mind what my sequence is and then yeah flew it down to 100 feet which is pretty cool for the first oh, time amazing and is there much that you've been able to change or anything new that you've been able to bring in that hasn't been seen in previous typhoon displays so unfortunately at bournemouth you don't get to see my display takeoff but that is completely new this oh. year that's never been done before and it's actually um, Corporal Mike Bevan, who's my uh, social media and engineer on this, uh, the squadron, on the Typhoon Display team itself. And it's his last year, but he's been on the squadron for eight years. So I said, is there anything that you'd like to see uh, in the display team? He said, yeah, no one's ever done a takeoff and inverted straight away and gone down the runway upside down, 500 feet with the afterburners in. He said, can you do that? And I said, yeah, we can try. <laughs> for good so, reason, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's where we call it the Bevan break in honour of him. So he's on his last oh. sort of three or four weeks on the squadron, and then he's off to the front line again. So Just talk us through that. That takeoff. How so I'll uh, I'll be at the end of the runway. I'll, I'll light the afterburners uh, about 130 knots. I'll rotate up to about 15 degrees. Yeah. As soon as the wheels are up and I'm at 500 feet, I can roll upside down. God. I keep the burners in. The maximum I'm allowed to be upside down with the afterburners in is 10 seconds because one of the fuel tanks will empty too quickly. Right. At the end of the runway, I'll do a 540 roll. And then I'll go into what's called a half horizontal, so pitching straight up at 9G to be inverted, uh, pointing at the runway until I hit 2,000 feet, then rolling level in front of the crowd, descending to 100 feet for the pass. So So who who will get to see? Obviously, you can't see it here. Who who will get to see it? Which shows have you been able to do that? So I've done that. And are you doing that here anyway, just for the fun of it? I would love to, but I think Bournemouth Air Traffic would get a bit upset by that. That would be great. (laughs) It's basically any shows where I fly, it's at the airfield. So if it had been Riyadh this year, unfortunately, I would have done it there. Uh, Most of the family's days at Connings being lossy mouth I did that takeoff because obviously straight from takeoff I can do it so. you're going to have to try and find that on, uh, on YouTube yeah there's yeah. a few videos out that there it sounds yeah. amazing and what are you trying to get out of the display in terms of what you want to get from it and what you want to how you want to show off the aircraft I think the main thing I get out of it is working as part of the team so without the team obviously we wouldn't have the display so what goes on behind the background that a lot of people don't actually see is the amount of effort in terms of mm. engineering, logistics, the air traffic controllers, uh, the supply chain industry. So we have our sponsors uh, like BE Systems, Leonardo. We have Squadron Prince and Breitling all working hard together so that I can bring the air show to you in the summer season. Uh, and it's just a privilege to kind of all that hard work put together. Then it's up to me to then display it in front of the crowd. And that's just a huge honor as well. So that's what I get out of it. Things I'd like to get out of it as well is 
when I was at Sunderland Nash when I was nine years old, being inspired by the Red Arrows and the Harrier. I'd like to do the same for the young children, uh, people looking to get into aviation uh, these days. So it's, it's a privilege when I'm on the PR trailer, meeting all the young guys and girls coming up and uh, showing an interest in joining up. It's a huge honour. Well, it's very little, certainly British, military hardware now in terms of aviation on display, and it's pretty much the Typhoon it is the only noisy current RAF jet there and honestly your display is just I mean it is a highlight we have been sort of saying this to all the display teams obviously but uh, it don't really tell them <laughs> <laughs> no don't tell them uh, it really is it, it's a highlight it, it is it, it, the noise the spectacle you know the afterburners coming on and particularly in your dusk show those afterburners really bring yet another dimension to it yeah, yeah, and um, what's interesting as well is I, you've probably seen the new display livery that we've designed this year. Yeah. So as an aviation enthusiast, Adam Johnson designed it in consultation with the team. So obviously with what's gone in politic, political-wise this year and last year, we're trying to kind of uh, display the best of British. So there's um, union flags plastered all over that jet. So it's yeah. actually quite an honour to, to fly that, literally fly the flag around the country. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately we had a little snag with her yesterday, a very small yeah. snag, um, but we fixed it for today. Great. So I'm really looking forward to displaying her this evening and this afternoon uh, in the Union flag livery jet. What, what is the Typhoon like to display? You know, as, as a pilot, you know, how, does it, how is it, does it so feel and what can you do with it? The Typhoon, is um, they've invested heavily in the design of the automatics, etc. So if you think about jets that were previous to this, so the F3 had a navigator in the back, so the pilot solely had to rely on focus on flying the jet so lots of levers, lots of systems, lots, uh, a lot less automatics. The Typhoon itself is pretty much one of the easiest things to fly that I've done in training so um, the carefree handling of the flight control system so the control column itself is a- isn't actually connected to any controls it's a computer yeah. so I can move the control column in any corner any sort of regime and the jet will go okay at this speed saying to you you can have this much so it's G. like an Airbus you're saying, isn't it? yeah pretty much like an Airbus <laughs> but it can go more than 20 degrees angle of and can pull 9G but yeah so it's actually in terms of answering your question it's, it's actually if a typhoon pilot tells you it's hard to fly he's lying to you so you're meant to focus on the mission yeah. the sensors and you're, you're basically a weapon system operator who flies the aircraft now So, and I mean we <clears throat> I've not seen the, uh, the typhoon display before, before it came here uh, but I've seen loads of other displays but it just doesn't seem to be normal the way it flies it, it seems to devi- defy physics it, it, it doesn't the turns the turn it, the, ro- it, the roll it just seems obviously there's a lot of computer control in there to keep it to keep it flying yeah without and, the computers it would fall out the sky yeah. so we don't want that happening and for example the radius of turn I mean the reds you know they're in France when they're, when they're doing <laughs> yeah. their, their horizontal turns you, you do it over the beach basically it's um, a phenomenal bit of kit to watch yeah so I just bank it over pull full back stick and it, it snaps to 9G in half a second and that's what gives it its ability interestingly fact for you um, the Typhoon wants to go fast so it's two EJ200 engines Rolls Royce have 40,000 pounds of thrust in reheat when I light those afterburners if I get above the drag kit which is about 450 knots or 450 miles an hour even with full back stick she will accelerate so even the drag of the G won't slow her down and as soon as I hit above 500 knots the actual jet will cut back to 7G so I will then just keep accelerating until I hit the sound barrier so the hardest thing for my display is to keep it below that drag curve and keep it actually slow so it's really interesting it's quite tricky and, and it appears you're either the throttle's either fully forward or idle? Is, is, are those the two positions? Yeah, I don't tell engineers, but yeah, yeah, it's either fully open or fully closed to slow it down. Yeah, that uh, amazing pass you do where you're fully nose up. What's it called? Max Alpha. Max Alpha. Yeah, slow speed pass. Yeah, that is. I mean, that is just extraordinary that you've just passed at however many hundred miles of hour, and then you're almost hovering. 
as you, you come past the, the beach. Yeah, so we do it on the inbound, we call it the 45 degree axis. Yeah. So in the turn, when I go past, initially I'm doing 450 knots. I then bank to the left, full back stick at 9G, and I lose about... 300 to 350 knots in that tin looking to roll out at 120 knots quick math there but 120 knots is my minimum 500 feet uh, and if you've got a good strong headwind coming off the, ah. the beach here pointing at me then ground speed say it can get down to 90, 90 no. knots I've seen the slowest yeah, and if you just speed. keep pulling back the, the airplane will say that's enough that's all you're going to get so the aircraft will 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 max alpha yeah. um, it won't give any most of you now physically sitting on the engine so yeah. I have to power use the power to lift the nose or, or to lower the nose um, the interesting fact about Typhoon, unlike other aircraft, you can't actually stall her. So you can't actually fall, you can't actually make the wing lose all its lift. Yeah. Is what an aerodynamic stall is. If that happens, the aircraft will take control from you, put you into a dive, and put the throttles forward so you don't stall. Uh, at 500 feet, I wouldn't want to experience that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. gonna say, are there other uh, air forces displaying the Typhoon? Yeah, so the Italians have a display team. Uh, I was in Hungary last weekend and was fortunate to meet the Italian display pilot. Uh, and I believe um, the Austrians, I know, have a display team usually with the smog pods on their wings. Uh, and I'm not sure about the Spanish, but yeah, definitely the Italians have one. As long uh, as what, makes our, what makes you the best? <laughs> What's that, sorry? What makes you the best, Saint? What makes me the best? Yeah. I would, I would oh, never say that. I'm a humble man. Yeah. I would never say that. <laughs> Any typhoon flying with afterburner is going to be cool, isn't it? So, I think you do yourself a bit of a a disservice when you say it's easy to fly uh, while m- maybe you could put someone in a typhoon and they might just about not kill themselves I think what you do out there it, 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 it impresses the hell out of us yeah what is terrifying as an instructor is uh, we get the um, the students from Valley yeah. we put them into our simulator and their first flight is their first solo yeah. in a single seater and if I'm authorising that sort of young pilot to go <laughs> off and brave. fly for the first time it's always quite you know it makes you think before as the guys or girls are walking out to the jet it makes you stop and think for a second uh, did you learn on the um, on the new Hawk or were you, were you a yeah so I was course 7 on right. the uh, new Hawk T2 at Valley yes and, and, yeah. and the, that the Hawk is the, the Hawk T2 is designed to, to lead you on to Typhoon yeah. or the F-35 it's, it's an incredible bit of, incredible bit of kit so it is pretty much a carbon uh, cutout of the Typhoon cockpit in the uh, in the, in the jet itself mm-hmm. they have a data link between all the aircraft there all the Hawk right. T2s so they can actually do a synthetic radar picture so we can practice all the stuff that we would do for real in the Typhoon wow. so it's a, it's a new skill to learn and we can learn it earlier on in our training, so yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot better. Yeah. What I find extraordinary is, to me, the Typhoon still seems like a really new aircraft, but it's actually not at all new, and its, it's development goes back decades. Yeah. How much yeah. longer will the RAF keep it? And are you, will you be around to fly the F thirty five, or is it the, is so, it the Lightning that's coming? Yeah, the same thing. Interest, oh, sorry, the same interesting thing, yeah. you say that because the Typhoon is now considered the combat air mass or the, the backbone of the RAF's combat air mass now. So if anything was to kick off then Typhoon would be more than likely the first out the door, like the Tornado was. Yeah. Um, the tranche ones were announced that they are going to go out of service in 2025. And they're the two-seaters? Um, There's a few the, two-seaters. No, the tranche ones are the ones that I'm displaying here. Oh, um, okay. They were the first ones that came off the production line. And then there were hardware and software changes to t- tranche two and tranche three, which allows a bit more of a, or a bigger air-to-surface capability, whereas the tranche one has a limited air-to-surface capability. I mean... It, in Libya on Opelemi we use the tranche ones with the paveway too that's gone out of service now so uh, the air, the tranche ones are fully air to air mainly now whereas the tranche two and three are the full swing roll aircraft so the air force has made the decision to retire the tranche one early uh, and the air force is envisaging that the Tempest will replace the Typhoon in 2035 
And that can be either flown by a pilot or it can be flown remotely. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. They're talking about this uh, loyal wingman concept as well. There's a lot of cool ideas coming along with this new development. I know that they're now in uh, collaboration with the Italians and the Swedish, so Mm. it's looking good for uh, what what Tempest is going to deliver. And um, so to inspire the next generation, I have um, three sons, all want to be RF pilots for some strange reason. (laughs) What's the what's the next step for them? What should they be doing? So themselves? my recommendation, first of all, is don't let anyone tell you there's no point trying because you'll never get there. I had a few of my careers officers at uh, school would say that. It's a boy from the northeast, no way. Yeah. Um, I ignored them uh, and I joined the air cadets when I was 13. Uh, and then when age 16, I started gliding on the volunteer gliding squadron RF Topcliffe um, on the Vigilant. Uh, there I was. I actually flew solo before I could drive a car, which was pretty cool, <laughs> uh, pinching myself. And then um, from there, I, I stayed on the on the VGS as a, what we call a staff cadet. Uh, so I became the senior flight staff cadet in charge of the air cadet team that used to kind of clean the aircraft, push the aircraft around, refuel the aircraft. You know, let the ground crew do with the typhoon. Uh, and from there, I, I developed my instru- instructional capabilities or my um, sort of. Uh, learning to fly and instruct at the same time with the Air Cadets, uh, which set me up um, uh, to join the Air Force when I was 18. Uh, during the Air Cadets as well, I also was fortunate to get given the uh, John Cunningham Flying Scholarship at Tayside Aviation, so that allowed me to get my PPL, So although I couldn't really afford to fly in the Piper Warriors and Cessnas, it was quite cool to get the actual bit of licence uh, to say I could do it. And then when I was 18, I'd say definitely have a backup option, so apply for the Air Force, uh, and also I'd, I had a university option um, as a backup, uh, but I was so fortunate and lucky enough to, to be accepted when I was 18 to join up as a, we call it a direct entrance, so I didn't yeah. go to university, so... Brilliant. That's Absolutely phenomenal. Well, Saint here is a wonderful display. We can't wait to see it again this afternoon and again this evening. Yeah, looking forward uh, to it. I, I met, is it very demanding to fly? Are you pretty exhausted by the time you touched down? Oh, I had a good night's sleep last night <laughs> and uh, a few coffees and good to go again. So, yeah, it's um, when you get down from your fir- from the first display, it, you do feel it. Um, but after a couple of you know bottles of water and a coffee, you're good to go again in the afternoon. But at the end of the season, I'm pretty sure I'll need a holiday. So yeah. <laughs> It's my neck that needs a holiday, I tell you that. Oh, right. <laughs> you're pulling a lot of G in a lot of that, but you do have a G suit to help you out. There's yes. also a bit of negative G in there, which you have nothing to help you out. Yes, with. the so negative G is the most painful part. Yeah. So um, the Typhoon has world-class... Uh, we call it aircrew equipment assembly. So uh, basically our G-pants, G-jacket and pressure breathing. So a lot of the exchange officers, interestingly the American F-22 exchange officer on our squadron, raves about how good our anti-G kit is. So full coverage G-pants, inflating jacket, pressure breathing. So I can sit at 9G and look at me, I'm built like a beanstalk. Um, (laughs) I'm not built for G. I can just sit there at 9G, uh, open my mouth, it it breathes for me. um, And uh, yeah, it's like tensing. When I roll upside down and push to minus 3G, yeah. there's nothing I can do there apart from allow the blood to rush to my head <laughs> and uh, hopefully pray that it's over quickly, basically. And you enjoy that? <laughs> do I enjoy that? Negative G. No, I don't enjoy it, but it makes a good picture when the fuel vents from the fin. It's very generous. I think the aviation it. enthusiasts love the pictures from it. So. Oh, it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Keep doing it. It's, it's just, <laughs> just great. Thank you so much, Sam. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks. Well, huge thanks to everyone who took time to talk to us. And remember, you can hear more interviews from the Bournemouth Air Festival and all our Top Landing Gear podcasts wherever you normally get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on social media at Top Landing Gear and get in touch with us by email at info at toplandinggear.com. That's info at toplandinggear.com. Two Gs. Thanks for listening. <laughs>